1: Welcome to this week's edition of the Conquer Local Podcast. You are going to love this next guest. You may have even come across his podcast with over 2.3 million all-time downloads, 150 different countries. It's called The Sales Evangelist. When you search for the name Donald Kelly online, you're going to find just an incredible array of content from his podcast to blogs, to LinkedIn content, to a ton of videos And uh, Donald, hopefully we can get him to open up with some of the secrets as to how he's built this brand over the last little while, how long he has been podcasting, and some of his key tenets and methodologies that he thinks we need to bring to sales and the modern sales processes that we have today. Donald Kelly, the sales evangelist, coming up next on the Conquer Local Podcast. podcaster to podcaster today on the Conquer Local podcast Donald Kelly the founder and chief of sales at the Sales Evangelist and amazing podcaster in his own right Donald welcome to the show George thank you so much for having me
0: i am humbled to be here and i'm grateful to be able to connect with all of your wonderful listeners um as a podcaster you said podcaster to podcaster you don't just bring anyone on your show so the fact that I made that cut, um, I, I felt pretty good. I actually wrote home and told my mom about it. So. Oh, well,
1: that's nice. <laughs> I appreciate that. Hey, I got to ask, these are some impressive stats. We kind of covered yeah. them off a little bit in the intro, but you know, 2.3 million downloads all time. How, how long did it take you to get to that milestone? That's a heck of a number
0: yeah i'm I'm gonna get the team to update it Uh, actually 3.4 right now 3.4 mil um and we have uh, done that we started in 20 december 2013 um to now so really really 2014 but we got that first few couple hundred in december and what felt like uh amazingness um but since, yeah, I'm an overnight success, eight years in a making.
1: <laughs> isn't that, <laughs> isn't that always the way? And uh, congratulations yeah. <laughs> by being named on that uh, very prestigious list that HubSpot puts out every once in a while of the top sales podcasts out there. We're, we're happy to be on that list with you. I consider myself to be in great uh, company to be on that list with uh, the great Donald Kelly and the sales evangelist <laughs> podcast.
0: Well, uh, thank you. Thank you. And congratulations to you as well. It's it, it is definitely an honor that they consider us though. So. It's fun to, to be seen on those lists.
1: You know, eight years ago, or even if we go back 10 years ago, there, there wasn't that many sales podcasts out there. Uh, you know, podcasting is, is super hot right now, but it's definitely not new. What, what was the antithesis for you to create the podcast? I, I'd really love to understand that great
0: great question my buddy of mine i just called him before i came in this we're going to go to um, a football game together Uh, jared easley he is the co-founder of podcast movement one of the world's largest conferences for podcasts, or is the world's largest. But Jared and I worked together. He went to New Media Expo and we were always talking about startup ideas. And this was, uh, he met Cliff Ravencraft and John Lee Dumas and somebody's hierarchy in a Mount Rushmore podcast. And he's like, dude, podcasting where you sat. I'm like, pod what? <laughs> and um, it, it, it was, he introduced me. He said, you should consider doing it. And I went on his podcast and did a couple of segments and he encouraged me to do my own. And when I researched it, the thing that I loved was sales and he kind of saw that and it was a niche and there was Jeb Blunt podcast that was out there. There was this other lady that has a show, like three other podcasts. And I was like, man, there's no room for another sales podcast, maybe the rookie sales podcast. And and I thought about it and contemplated it and I didn't like that. And then and one of the companies I worked for was a technology evangelist. And Jared was like, man, you're like the sales evangelist. Um, why don't you... and kind of put that together. And that's what it came to be. And the so from Jared telling me, the passion side of it was I wanted, I really started to break through George in my sales career at that point. And I started to see really good result. And I was like, crap, sales is not as difficult as I made it out to be. There are a lot of people who were in those same shoes that I was. Can I tell them about it? And the podcast became that means amplifying that message. And then the other part, part to that too was, it's a little bit of cheating too. Because podcasting allowed me to sit down with Jeffrey Gittimer for 30 minutes when I didn't have to pay $2,500 to sit down with them for that. And I just kept doing it. It so happened that other people wanted to hear what Jeffrey had to say as well. And that continued to grow. It was a two side. One, a friend encouraged me to check it out and consider it. I love the idea and the medium of communication through voice. It's something I'm excited about. And then two, the uh, idea of being able to get some free coaching and being able to pass that message that I was receiving. That was helping me to help other sellers.
1: So when did your career as a, as a salesperson start?
0: Come from Jamaica, on George. So everybody a salesperson at Jamaica, on Everybody <laughs> I sell at Jamaica. Everybody. Uh, my dad was, uh, was in business. So it, the term is like, you're a businessman. And um, I, 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 that's how I saw when, if you want to get extra money, if you want to make a little bit change go figure out a way to sell something so i would pick mangoes from the front yard put them in in the from the tree and put them in the front yard and try to sell and I was horrible at that and um, that's actually a part of my book <laughs> we uh, we call it sell it like a mango it's coming out later this year but the um the point though i started early on in my career to to do like selling and then when i came to the states Formally, it was in high, in um, post high school, in college, when my buddies were like, "You should consider going in sales because you have that personality for it." Luckily, I mean, I I didn't realize that you don't need a personality for sales because that's always a farce. You can anyone can sell if they follow the basic fundamentals and have a desire for it. So, anyways, I really started to come into my own the the real career side of it from in college and i went and i did a a job where i got people to go to timeshare presentation and then after that i did a job where we did sold dish network over the phone and little by little i just continued to go down that path and once you get a taste
1: of that commission you can't let it go so no it is addictive isn't it it's really (laughs) hard (laughs) what what do you mean i'm just gonna get the paid the same amount every month come on (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, I in doing the prep for the episode and the team did a great job sure. in, in reviewing backgrounds and getting information and, and meeting with you ahead of time. But, yep. you know, the one thing that I've noticed is sales thought leaders like yourself, when they distill down what success looks like, it's simple. And mm-hmm. you, you're a big believer in that very simple process and then just follow it. hundred percent. 100% because that's the, the the big thing
0: that we get. I mean, if, if you want to make money, you just tell people that something is complicated and they need to hire you and you need to fix it. And I, I feel there are a lot of other people out there who in the world who does that already, who complicate the heck out of something that doesn't need to be complicated. But with our stuff, I think I give away probably about 90% of our Around 90% of the stuff that we have, we give away in the form of education and and content because we really feel that it can help change lives. I mean, George, I was able to help my mom purchase a car because of sales. I was able to help my family come out of different difficult challenges because of sales. It was able to help my kids right now and for where we are to help kind of build that generational wealth. That's how we're building it, through sales. And if that's an opportunity to help other people, yes. So why not break it down so people can understand it's not that complex? And for me, when when I look at sales, it's all about the idea of helping someone to persuade themselves to make a decision that's in their best interest, for which they will compensate me. And most people think that sales is like me figuring out some kind of crazy, tricky way to convince you to to convince you to buy. It's not about convincing you to buy. It's helping you to convince yourself, and that comes through the, the simple process of being able to. The number one piece to, I want sellers to always, always to walk away is be curious. The curi the more curious you can be, the more successful you'll be in sales. I will put money on that. Number two is the ability, because of your curiosity, to ask effective questions. Once you can ask those effective questions and help people to think, they can persuade themselves. And once you can do those two things well, masterful, master those two, it makes sense if you can help people problem solve now because you're asking the right questions, helping them to recognize it, and you're using some logics and some psychology there, and a person convinced themselves that this is the best thing for them to do. And that's simple selling. When it's all said and done, Oz is not big and mighty as we thought he is or she is. It's just a simple idea that you can follow. And this is why our belief is that anyone can sell if they have a desire and if they get trained on the process. Boom.
1: I love the term evangelist, um, but also Mm -hmm. I've noticed that you're big on mindset. Yeah, you know, uh, Jason yeah. Forrest was on our show here a few times in the past year. He talks about sales being a mental game. And yeah. I'd love to get your take on on that component, the mindset. And it's something that, that we really need to be uh, aware of as sellers.
0: Yeah. Uh, here's the, the thing when it comes to towards the, the mindset piece. Um, I, I feel I've, I've, I've coached enough salespeople to recognize this, where I would tell someone what to do we guide them, we coach them. They can take the principles and they can go and apply it. A lot of times when we tell them to go and apply it, they don't do it. And the reason being because they don't do it because it's not that they, they don't know what to do. It's a simple idea that it's it's just a little challenging for them to be able to accept it mentally to go out and to do it. So when you can overcome the blocks that hold you back, like I mean, prospecting, it's not that difficult, pick up the darn phone, make a phone call, reach out to people, that's not challenging. But what is challenging is the mindset piece where the lies we tell ourselves, well, if I call George, George is not going to be happy. Well, it's too early to call George. And, you know, I called last time at this time and it doesn't work. And he got mad at me and I got upset when I called early, you know, so I, I, I won't do that. Let me just send George an email. I mean, this is all mental when it's all said and done. It's not like, you know, even in sports where you, like a, a game like football, where it's a lot of it physical, it's still mental. But these people invest millions of dollars in building up sales, excuse me, their their players to have the mental capacity to perform at that level. So Jason is right. Sales is so much more mental game. I and mean, what what's the physical piece? Picking up the phone, sending emails, login, Salesforce? Like that is not that you're not gonna get you know, physically, you know, worn out from doing sales per se, but mentally you might get worn out. So I'm a big believer if you can help someone with the right mindset help them establish the belief system that they need to succeed and then also helping them to understand how they can overcome those blocks or those challenges or those difficulties or those lies or those head trust, quote unquote, that Sandler calls it, that we put in our own way. Jason, I mean, uh, uh, George when answered answer the phone. Why do I have that belief? Why do I let myself fall down these paths? How do I help to fortify myself against negativity or against difficult moments or rejection? If we can have sales, be, sales reps be resilient mentally, then they can kill it physically. They will be able to make those phone calls and to do it and to break through the monotony. And this is where you get those affirmations and the right type of affirmations and goal settings and helping people to build you up. I mean, getting pumped up. I want to pump, if I can pump somebody up mentally, I have no, no, no worries about that person performing physically.
1: You know, I had an awful day the other day. It was just, it was horrible. And, um, usually I'll phone my wife on the way home just to figure out if I need to pick anything up. And I I texted her and I said, I won't be calling you on the way home because I'm cranking ACDC up to 10 on the drive. And, you know, we live in a small community, so (laughs) the commute home is like 20 minutes at the end of the day and two songs in the morning, but just to take back and block and crank it up for uh, three and a half minutes and remove that Negative, you know, cause it wasn't a, the better day that I've had. And what I wanted to do was make sure when I got home that I wasn't bringing that negativity, you know, she has to listen to me enough about what's going on at yeah. work. I tried to remove that from it. it, but it is the thing that is forgotten. That this yeah. re, number one, this isn't easy. There's nothing easy about it. There's no other job on earth where you get punched in the face all day long. And the end of the day, one person says yes. And you're like, this is a great job. But having that mental toughness is such an important piece. And I don't think people talk about it or coach around it enough. So I'm glad that no. you're carrying that forward. I know that you're a huge believer in video. And yeah. um, we are in the, in the process of moving our podcast to video here in the latter part of the year. Um, but I, I was watching your videos or in prep for this, and you've got a ton of them. So congratulations. Oh, thank you so Sales, salespeople though are really reluctant to put themselves on camera. It seems how, what's your advice for them to get over that and, and adopt it?
0: To the competitors, I say, don't do it. It is absolutely awful. It's the worst thing in the world. Don't do it. People who are not competing. Hey, check it out. It makes you money. <laughs> 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 so, um, video is really fascinating, and it's not just with salespeople. It's with like just human beings as as general, because no one wants to be looked at as the idiot, and no one. And I think it goes back to our that primal nature, or just like the the group, the the the, the herd mentality, or or like a you know the village. Like no one wants to be cast out of the the community. So or to be looked at in a small community so quote unquote, a family setting as the person that messed up or did something wrong. So in that sense, we try to protect ourselves, and goes back to the mental side of things, right? But in actuality, why do we have that block? Why do we have that fear? So when it comes to videos, people don't want to put themselves out there because the lies to tell themselves, I don't look good on video. I have a video podcast. I have a podcast now. We started doing videos. Our podcast, we have 2.4 million downloads. Our audio, our video side is still very weak. And want to tell you why because we just started that like a year and a half ago. right? And the reason is, George, it was probably two years. The reason is George, I was afraid. I said, told myself for a long time that video doesn't, I don't look good on video. And it was all a lie when I looked back on the mental piece of it. I don't like the way I sound. I mean, you know, we say that as podcasters at the beginning, but we get over that. But video is one of those hard ones. So people have a hard time getting past the simple idea that they can't look good or that they can't be uh, as effective. So they, they tell themselves these things that hold them back. And then a few people will actually, who don't care about what they look like or what people think about them, they will actually go out and do it. When it comes to videos, there's several things. We as human beings, when we communicate, we you know we have our five senses. When you do audio or email, email, when you send an email, it's just the email, and you leave so much to imagination to be able to figure out. When you do an audio, you can hear and if you had audio and text, they can hear and see. But when they see a video, they're using more of their senses to communicate with you, and you're using that. So right now, you're seeing me when we're recording. You see my expression and this crazy eyes popping out and just getting all excited because I'm so, you know, animated. I get so excited with this stuff. So you can see that energy, you can hear it, and then even if it was a transcript, you can see, you can read that. So when I use video, it helps me to convey more and communicate better to help that person to persuade themselves. So that's why I'm a big believer in it. When I send a video, I'll I'll give you a quick example. There's a prospect that we have and uh, I reached out to her and I sent a message on LinkedIn or some other nature and nothing. I sent her a video and I left a voicemail and she didn't respond to the voicemail, but the video video said, left a voicemail and then a video saying, hey, Kim, left a voicemail for you. I wanted to introduce myself, blah, blah, blah. She opened that darn thing, and we use BombBomb. Big shout out to BombBomb. So they were able to. We were able to see the. uh, She looked at it. She watched it hundred percent. Then ninety percent. Then somebody else watched it because she was sharing it amongst the organization. Then an email came through. I mean, at that point, I jumped on email and saying, "Hey Kim, um, wanted to follow up on a video or you know introduction." She was like, "Yes, let's schedule an appointment." She brought in her um, develop uh, her one of her team members. And then we had a conversation. They were able to sign an agreement with us and we did a partnership. And now we're looking at doing a bigger partnership for 2022. All because I sent a video that breakthrough their monotony. And she said, the reason why, because we are seeing it right now where we can't break through with email. Thank you so much for showing us this way, essentially. Showed them a simpler, easier way through a video. And it just allowed them to stand out. But people have a hard time getting over their mental
1: block. And if you can get past that, man, video could kill it for
0: you. Not had, the only thing, but it's in addition,
1: it can we, help you. We've had guests in the last uh, couple of months tell us that they're even you know, taking proof of performance reports for a, you know, a monthly business review. And rather than, oh, I can't get the person on the phone to have the meeting. They do it all virtual on video with a loom or something like that. And they send it through and it's making it even more efficient. So I think that video isn't just, um, you know, an attraction or top of funnel type motion it's throughout the entire customer journey. It helps with efficiency. I, uh, Todd Hartley, one, one guy that I'd like to follow online. He just did a great gig for Tony Robbins around remote selling mastery here. He had this uh, post on LinkedIn. You may follow him. He said something about the the virtual backgrounds uh, where you're you're like you're on a beach or things like that. And he says he doesn't like them because it it leads to you know no trust. It's like what the heck? You're not on a beach, so why do that? Um, h- how do you feel about that? Because I know you do a lot of video. Yeah. So
0: when it comes towards those. I like physically, you're in my office, my studio right now, and we got vinyl on the wall. So this vinyl is TSC Studios for our production studio. In my office, we have the TSC logo. And some people say, man, nice, back, nice. uh, you know, I have a green screen. I was like, no, that's that's the wall, baby. Like, it's me. And it's authentic. And then the other piece to that, too, sometimes when I do a video, I'm just sending a message to someone. I'm at my desk. And I just think, like, it gives that authentic nature. And here's one of the things people were pointing out um, recently, too. Uh, Somebody did a post on this. When you're doing those video calls, like, say, you know, like we're doing with a non-podcast call, Keeping it without the headset because I come into this thing and it can get people intimidated sometimes, like, holy crap, look at Donald with all that, you know, that setup. But if I, I don't want my client to feel like that, but sometimes I will just go on my computer with my, um, I, my Raycon, my little headset here, and they can't see that, but it's just me chatting with them. And, um, we, we, we have a conversation, but it's authentic. It's not, production it's not like you know that, that beach or i'm in space i ain't gonna be talking to you if i'm in space i'm enjoying space if that's the case you know so, <laughs> so when you I'm, go
1: for the ride with sir richard branson <laughs> right you'll actually be there
0: yeah i'm I'm trying to get elon um to to get me on it so we'll we'll see if he he does that if anyone knows anyone at spacex we're trying to get them to come on a show uh when their sales so please go ahead and Introduce us.
1: (laughs) Well, good. Well, maybe I'm not sure if Elon is a Conquer Local listener, but he should be. He should be. Come on, man. (laughs) How do you set yourself apart on LinkedIn. Um, I know you do a lot of B2B business and uh, I, I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn, not just because they've been a sponsor of our podcast. So we won't let, we don't tie those two things together that LinkedIn had an ad and okay, it's not paid, but I, I know that you're on there and it's an, it's an important conduit for you. I, I love to ask sure. this question because I'm always looking to learn new ways that we can leverage that platform.
0: LinkedIn is the money pit for, not money pit, I guess the money mountain, if that's the case, because they just go up that mountain all the time and get money off of it. Um, It's a money tree. And the reason why, obviously, I mean, it's the biggest social media platform for professionals. And in my case, the way I use it, I do three things Um, I connect, share, and engage. Connect, what I do with that part is we, and I just go back to the stat again. The idea of uh, just to give a, a quick synopsis of this: LinkedIn has 700 and I think 50 or 790 million members. On average, only three million. So 790 to three, three million people post on LinkedIn weekly. Three million off all that, and they have each week I think uh, like 50 billion impression, or it's week or month. It's a crazy amount. So that small group of people are taking all of those impressions. What that impression is, is that your content is being seen by somebody else's eyeball. Most people on LinkedIn are on the sidelines like this at the school dance, like a middle school dance, just on the sidelines and making fun of the people that's actually dancing, the people like us who are posting. And the reason is LinkedIn, you just understand these folks' algorithm hijack it. LinkedIn's idea is that they're trying to be, be more engaging, like Facebook. They saw what Facebook did, so they took away that feature from they had for like you know forever, where only the, the influencers had major engagement. Anyone can have engagement on LinkedIn. So if you post content, congratulations, you're going to stand out way more than most of the people in your field. And the way that I encourage people is, so connect, I connect with people who are my ideal customer. We build a list. We go out and we connect with those people. I use Navigator. You don't have to use Navigator. You can use the basic stuff. But I use Nav and we build a list of people who are ideal customer, reach out to those people, send them a um, personalized message, something to the nature of George always looking to connect with sales leaders in our industry like yourself, permission to connect here on LinkedIn. And I ask that question at the end, trigger that response, and people usually respond back, connect with me. And then we start, you know, just build a relationship. They start seeing my content because I post on LinkedIn at least three, you know, maybe four or five times a week content that's going to be relevant to those ideal customers who are VPs of sales and sales leaders. And then now, because not a lot of the people that they're connected with are posting stuff, I'm in their feed every single time. So then now when I do, I in, so I connect, I share, and then I engage. When I do those engagement, um, people who are second and third degree connections, I send them a personal message to reconnect with me. I start a conversation with them because most more than likely there are sales folks who might like the content. Maybe I put cold calling is dead as my blog, my post, and then I write cold calling is dead is something that I hear from many other people. I don't feel that's the case because of this and this and this. I would love to hear your feedback. What do you think? It's a microblog, but it stimulates conversation. You put some hashtags in there because LinkedIn has encouraged you to do those hashtags. So then now that post is going, getting a lot of steam. I get over a thousand people to view it. And after that, I might have 10, 15 people who actually commented or liked it. And those people who are second and third degree connection, I reach a personal connection to them. And we start a dialogue and I ask them something to the nature of like, George, thanks so much for connecting to my post. Now, how are you guys doing on cold calling now? Do you, you still believe it's dead? No, I don't believe it's dead. Um, what's the big challenge you're facing with cold calling? This is our challenge. Well, cool. I'm more than willing to share with you something that's working for us. Open to a five to seven minute call. They jump on a call. And usually those calls will lead to me giving a tip, not a trick, just giving tips. And then usually at the end of that, Donald, this stuff is great. Um, Do you do... Can you help our team with that? Well, funny you should ask. Yes. And that's how we get appointments. So I just give you my whole playbook there. And when it comes towards LinkedIn, you connect, you share, you engage, and then you
1: do personal communication, not spam people, but have personal communication. And that leads to other appointments. I want to tie back to something you said earlier in the show. And that was that 90 some odd percent of the content that you create, you give away. And uh, I think people need to understand that, that the, the ask to get five to seven minutes came after an enormous amount of value was delivered. And you know, one thing that I'm really pushing this year, Donald is this idea of uh, what I call the trust matrix, any, any interaction with a prospect, there's fear and there's trust. And our job is to layer in enough trust to get a conversation. And uh, a lot of people are like, yeah, I'm not really getting the connections that I need and everything else. And I, and I go in and say. How much content are you giving away? Oh, we don't get, everything's gated. Everything is done this way. We do the odd (laughs) blog once a week. And I'm like, wow, we're like, things have changed. We need to be delivering. And, you know, product-led growth is something because, you know, we're in the SaaS software business that we talk a lot about. But I believe that what your methodology is, is product-led growth. You want them to adopt your product or service at some point in time. And you've figured out that if I give away a lot of value way before that you're you're actually your deal size is probably bigger at the end of the day when you do get that ICP on the phone
0: you if you're fascinating you're you're peeling behind our onion here and looking at it and you're you're 100% right it does and the other piece to that too is that you don't have to worry about competitors too much i don't i rarely get people say well i want to look at what the competitors doing because they see me as that authority leader for so long, and I go back to what you're sharing. It's, I, we call it, I've been you, you deposit a lot in a bank so you can get a withdrawal. And I'll give you a quick example. With your first, people connect with people on LinkedIn and they collect them like Pokemon cards. And I'm like, why are you doing connected with Pokemon cards? It's like, got to catch them all or what? So they have all these connections, but how much of those people you engage with? And that's where the engagement part comes back in this whole uh, formula that I teach. But the idea here is people's birthday. Somebody has a birthday, LinkedIn tells you. LinkedIn has the voicemail feature. So I'll say something like George happy happy birthday from all of us to you we wish you happy birthday I wish we could party too or something like that hope you're having a good day George something whimsical and fun but it's Donald right just have you know good thing happy birthday man hope you're doing well but instead of that voicemail feature on LinkedIn allows for that to happen and it stands out and here's the other piece to that I use the people that I have connection with I'll hit them up every once in a while after I've deposited deposited Gary Vaynerchuk call it jab jab right hook but if I give out deposit 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 I do this, and I'll reach out to someone and say, "Hey, George, I don't know if you know this because we do. We have this uh, program that does X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. Is that something you and your team would be interested in?" They don't see that as spam. It's spam because they're like, "This is Donald, of course," and he actually sent me a message. Cool, let me talk. Yeah, Donald, I would. And that's how a lot of the times the sales leaders that I connect with, they will, we will, you know, maybe several months. I do something like that, and it gets an appointment, and leads to engagement, and leads to opportunity. A one voicemail of the,
1: feature. One of the things, and thank you for bringing up that, I, I did want to touch on this. What I find on the LinkedIn side, number one, the stat used to be 690. Now it's up to 790 million users. Number two, since Microsoft spent $28 billion to buy it, they must be investing another 28 billion because they they have all these new features that you can utilize to reach out to people. Now, there's got to be a reason for that. Of course, they want to monetize it, but the voicemail is one. The video thing is another. The fact that you can deliver a message when someone is actually on the platform and like it just kind of sits behind the hood and deliver it. So when yeah. I talk to a business owner or a sales rep and they're like, yeah, I was on LinkedIn at one point in time and I haven't really been back there, you really should go back under the hood because they continue to innovate the ways to speak to that audience.
0: Yeah. It's, you're you're right. I mean, I'm pulling it up right now. You can, if I was to send a message to someone, I can do, you have a plus button there. You could send attachment. You could send a GIF. You can send dimensions. You can send a photo, camera. And then they also have uh, uh, capabilities with content creator mode. You could turn that on. And I recommend you guys turn it on. But content creator mode, it allows for you to be able to highlight some of your top pieces of content. And then the other thing with that too, my video my my uh, bio uh, picture now we're doing adding a new video so it's not up there, but you can click on that and I can give 15 seconds. Be like hey guys, this is Donald Kelly, the sales evangelist, and I help salespeople do this, this, this. It's a pleasure to connect with you. Thanks so much for looking at my profile or whatever. And just, mm-hmm. you know, just chill. This is me in South Florida just having fun. That's Donald. And that allows for people to get a chance to connect with you. They also have a ways for you to do your name. So if your name sounds funny, like Donald Kelly, I know it's hard to pronounce, but you can <laughs> pronounce, put the proper pronunciation. It's the audio file. And then also the the idea, too, of just doing... um of, of you engaging more with stories, LinkedIn have the capabilities to do that. Not a lot of people stand out with the, uh, not do that. And there's another area that you can take advantage of when it comes to stories. So, I mean, yeah, I love the platform. I mean, this show wasn't necessarily to brag on LinkedIn, but Hey, if it works, man, shoot, use it.
1: Well, some amazing takeaways from this episode, Donald, I'm sure we could talk a lot more. Our listeners are sales professionals, business owners, primarily in the local business space. We've got bit sales yep. leaders. If there was one thing that you could give a seller, regardless of where they are in their career, as advice around selling in 2021, what would that be?
0: Hmm. The one thing that I could give a seller, I would say, get out of your own way. Um, and the reason why that I say that is, I've found myself in that situation before where I was, I saw what was coming on the horizon, but I was afraid of change. And oftentimes we are the ones that block ourselves. And I just encourage sales rep to get out of their own way. And one of those things, I mean, even if it's a video idea, I mean, it's not, we're not going back. We're just going forward. Embrace it. If it's taking advantage of LinkedIn and social capabilities and like utilizing voice, don't get out of your own way and go ahead and adopt a new way Um, and then even if it's like you know taking advantage of tech tools like intent-based selling um, where you know you can use things like zoom info don't get in your own way and say well this is the way that i've done it and this is the way that i learn or this is the way that i was taught six months ago when i first joined who cares be willing to learn and just get out of your own way i want i don't want to be blockbuster i want to be i want to be netflix and usually the best way to do that is to figure out how can I cannibalize my own process? What, was I, what can I do to break what I'm doing so that I can do something better? And usually people don't like to do that. So they keep up these blocks or block themselves and stay with what's comfortable. I like to get uncomfortable because when I get uncomfortable, I
1: help more people and make more money. Ladies and gentlemen, the sales evangelist. Mr. Donald Kelly on the show this week. Donald, I really appreciate those insights. Let's, uh, we got to get the book title again. The book yeah. and when, when can we buy it and read it and consume it? Yeah,
0: it's later this year. We haven't, it's, it's in the final rounds of edits, but it's called Sell It Like a Mango, A New Seller's Guide to Closing More Deals. Um, so we're excited for that.
1: I can't wait. And the Sales Evangelist podcast available anywhere you get your podcasts?
0: Yeah, anywhere you get your podcasts, Um, some people are Apple fans, some people are Spotify fans, uh, Google, any of those platforms, tune in, uh, subscribe, would love to connect with you and find me anywhere, Donald C. Kelly on LinkedIn, specifically if you want to camp out there. That's where I hang out.
1: We're going to put all the links to how you get a hold of Donald and how you get the podcast inside the episode notes. Donald Kelly, thanks for joining us. Enjoy the rest of your day in beautiful West Palm Beach.
0: Thank you, George. I appreciate it. And for you guys who are listening to the show, just the last thing for you guys, please, 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 if you haven't done so already, go ahead and leave a review for George and for the team because this show is amazing and we need more people listening to it. So the more you can subscribe and leave reviews for George's show, it goes a long way. We can conquer local. and We can we can change the world um, in our own community. Amazing things can happen, but you got to let other people know about it. So thanks, man.
1: Thanks, Donald. And we'll make sure that we get our uh, conquerors listening to the Sales Evangelist podcast as well. Well, I don't know how to dial this thing down to just a few key takeaways because there was so much there. And you can tell that Donald not only is a very effective communicator, but he's very passionate. He believes that anyone could become a great salesperson. It really comes down to desire and whether they're willing to learn and uh, evolve. That podcast, The Sales Evangelist, you can see that he is hes using that vehicle to drive his brand, but he's also using it as part of that 90 some odd percent of everything that he does is given away. The value that he gives to the audience. And then moves himself to a conversation, and then has a commercial transaction. So it's just interesting to hear from him how he's used the podcast as one of the key tenants around the content, but it doesn't stop there. We spend a lot of time talking about video and utilizing video, especially on the LinkedIn platform, insert name of new platform later maybe if there's something else that you should be considering, but he's using video to break through the clutter. You heard him talk a little bit about email and uh, maybe we should dove deeper into that. But I think where he was going was it's just one layer of communication. Like it's just flat, just text. Whereas if you put some video in there and you deliver the video in email or you deliver the video on LinkedIn or you deliver the video in a sales navigator in message, you know, there's other ways to deliver the message and just using video as a way to cut through the clutter. And that's been very effective for Donald. The upcoming book, and, you know, it's, it's comical. If you've ever been to Jamaica, you'll realize that, yes, everybody there is an amazing salesperson. That's why I uh, get all of those trinkets and things like that, that I bring home from Jamaica every year. But he was born in in a sales environment and then started to evolve his career. And it was just great hearing from that. And I can't wait for that book. We're going to give you the uh, links on how you can connect with Donald in the show notes. And then finally, get over yourself and get on camera, like just such a great lesson. You know, my mom is the reason that I have such a hard time on camera because I said, you know, when I was doing radio and I said to her one day, you know, maybe I should get in TV. And she said, George, you have a face that was made for radio. And, um, so I'm always reluctant to be on TV, but guess what? It's easier than ever to do video and you can actually get to be pretty good at it without, uh, too much trouble. And if it's authentic, it's even better. The more polished and professional it is, people are like, oh, well, what was happening in there before they polished it all up? So that very authentic, uh, video is the stuff that's working great. Anyways, I could keep going on with Donald for hours because he was just a brilliant guest. Why don't you spend hours with Donald on his Sales Evangelist podcast and find out why 2.3 million all-time downloads in 150 different countries, there's just some great stuff there. And we appreciate Donald taking time out of his day to do some teaching with us and helping us in our mission to conquer local. My name is George Leith. I'll see you when I see you.
0: You've been listening to the Conquer Local podcast presented by Vendasta. Guest discovery by Jacob Soli. Marketing by Rory Lawford and Nicole Lozon. Produced by Brett Clarenbach. Executive producers Brendan King, George Leith and Colleen McGrath. Recorded at Sound Lounge by T-Bone.